Welcome to Chuck P. TV Podcast. I am your host, Chuck Privetera. Uh, we have a very exciting podcast today. We are in studio now with David Sarnoff. We're waiting for another guest, Pat Ferrara, who has been a regular on the Chuck P. TV Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about emotional intelligence, leading and managing through these difficult and um, tumultuous times. We have talked about leading teams in the past from an HR perspective, operational perspective, um, leading through uh, HR issues, but, but this is really an overall leadership conversation. We have, um, since our last podcast, multiple uh, crises, if you will, in the workplace, multiple um, issues to address. So I'm going to um, introduce my first guest, David Sarnoff. David, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Chuck. I'm, uh, I'm grateful and happy to be here and uh, look forward to having. Uh... Great. Excellent. And uh, Pat, welcome to the studio. We just went through a little bit of a brief introduction and I would, uh, I, I was just mentioning that you and I are, you've been a regular guest here and, and I want to welcome you to the show as well. Thank you, Chuck. And uh, thank you again for inviting me and, and David, good to speak with you as well. Likewise. So um, we've talked, as I mentioned on the podcast, we've talked about um, different types of managing teams, managing human resource teams, but overall, from an overall leadership perspective, I, I imagine Leaders of all sizes of companies are faced with many challenges in terms of now the certainly the pandemic, um, making pe- making sure people are feeling safe, um, making sure they're they're not uh, th- there's uncertainty is is quelled a little bit. Uh, we've certainly got social issues that have raised to the forefront over the last couple of weeks. So so why don't we start? Just I mean, emotional intelligence is is not a new topic, obviously. It's something that, that I think everybody understands is important for leaders. Why don't we just spend about a minute or two, David, why don't you tell us a little bit about emotional intelligence and, and its role in leadership? Sure, thanks, Chuck. So uh, I find uh, emotional intelligence to be an incredibly important skill and art form. Uh, it, just in, in a nutshell, it's essentially being emotionally self-aware, recognizing emotions as they're happening, uh, understanding what's triggering them or what's motivating them, and being able to use that self-awareness of your emotions to influence your own behavior and self-awareness and identifying those emotions in others and how to influence their behavior, knowing uh, what emotions and, and communications they're sending to you. Perfect. Perfect. And Pat, I've, you know, you and I've talked and, and I've read an article that, that you published that one of the first things, or one of the most important parts of EQ for leaders is empathy. And I don't, I think everybody would agree with that. I, I think though empathy is easier said than done. So why don't you talk a little bit about, um, you know, the idea of wanting to be empathetic and actually uh, doing the work that it takes to, to yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I would agree, and I would, I would, I would always lead with empathy, um, whether it's during the COVID crisis or, or certainly after when it comes to emotional intelligence. I, David mentioned something. He said it, it's it's an art, you know, and and that's what emotion. I just want to highlight that emotional intelligence is an art form, 
Um, and that's what makes it so different than the IQ part of, of what we expect from many leaders. Uh, it's an art, it's a skill, and like all skills, it can be learned. And empathy, as I had mentioned on an earlier podcast with you, Chuck, empathy is, if there ever were a time or a situation where we could connect with people, this is now because we're all experiencing the same thing at the same time. It's not, it's not a leader leading people who are going through something that he or she is not experiencing herself, right? So I think empathy, expressing empathy is not always an easy thing, um, but having the, the, uh, the self-awareness and the self-control uh, to, to be able to express your own fears and your own concerns so that you connect with the person that you're speaking with or that you're communicating with over now, of course, it's over Zoom or over the phone is so critical at all times, um, but especially now because we are so distant. And over the last few weeks, last couple of weeks, we see that it maybe is even an even more important aspect of our leadership a necessity with emotional intelligence because many people are not experiencing what a good portion of our workforce and our work um, and, and our and our community is experiencing because they're not either in cities or they're not uh, per perhaps people of color or, or black americans where it's very difficult for people to put themselves in those other people's shoes because that's what empathy is right empathy is putting yourself in someone else's shoes and that's a challenge. Yeah. Sure. I, um, David, if I could focus or drill a little further on empathy, and yeah. I'll just give, give you a, um, just from my personal experience, I feel like I have, uh, empathy is a skill that I've developed, and I feel like I wasn't able to develop, well, first of all, I don't feel that you're ever at the end of the rainbow there when it comes to empathy, but I also feel like I always thought I was an empathetic person, but I had to do some pretty deep, um, personal work to really um, to to peel back some layers and really understand um, where I where I sort of ended up on the empathy scale and, and what kind of work I needed to do. So, can you tell me a little bit about that and the difficulty of sure. becoming really truly empathetic? Yeah, and and I, I think Pat did a great job defining it and and giving examples. And and I just want to expand on it a little bit into your question. Um, empathy requires you to connect within experiences that you've had in order to be able to connect to somebody else's pain. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the foremost thought leaders on this is the great Brene Brown. And she uh, has a great video on YouTube and it's an animation about the difference between empathy and sympathy. Hmm. And, and a lot of people don't, make that connection um, at first. And according to Brene Brown, empathy drives connection. And it's your ability to connect to somebody else's pain or challenges and, and, and absorb it. You're experiencing it with them. And she says sympathy drives disconnection where you're acknowledging somebody might be struggling, but you're not connecting to their pain. In fact, you may make them feel worse. So here's an example. Um, let's say somebody uh, suffered a, a close friend or relative's death. Um, somebody who's empathetic might say, um, 
I'm so sorry for your loss. I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you if you want to talk about it. Somebody who is being sympathetic says, I'm sorry for your loss, but well, at least they didn't suffer. (laughs) And, and, And it's the, and Brene Brown says people, their instinct is to try to make other people feel better. And they try to do what she calls silver line it. And she says, you should never say, well, at least, because right. that's not acknowledging the pain or the struggle that somebody's experiencing in that moment. So it's better to say nothing yeah. and just say, I'm here for you yeah, um, sure. than to say, well, you know, at least you have another sibling. And that's um, that boy, you bring up Brene Brown is my, my absolute hero. Um, and I, uh, I, I follow her closely, listen to her podcast. And Pat, I want to, one of the things that she touches on is that you know, it's difficult for somebody to be empathetic when they do have some of their own personal issues, maybe um, sort of deep or um, lasting issues of shame or things like that. So how do you coach someone who maybe already thinks they're empathetic or understands the importance of empathy, but isn't quite there yet? Yeah. I, and no, and I, I had a chuckle when, when uh the when david gave that example because there there's so many times uh, you get very uncomfortable if you go to a, a wake let's say or and and you just don't know what to say and 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 that's okay that that vulnerability is okay because that's part of emotional intelligence too but learning how to develop a more um a feeling and thoughtful a, a heartfelt more than thoughtfelt uh reaction to other people's pain is what's going to help with that em- empathy part of emotional intelligence. But to, to your point about, you know, how do we coach people to become more empathetic? Um, I think part of it is to explore the whole notion of compassion. You know, compassion is, a, is an important part of the leadership, personal as well as team leadership. When we, when we lead with our heart, and, you know, in the business world, especially in the financial services world, it's always a tough notion to get across to leaders that you need to lead with your heart. So if you're coaching a person around the notion or the topic of empathy, it's good to explore, have the person reflect on what their heart is actually telling them. Uh, and that will lead them to understand that other people, too, are feeling these things. Um, and. You know, I'd like to bring it to this current crisis that we're going through, not the COVID crisis so much, but the, the crisis in our, in our communities now with the Black Lives Matter and, 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 and the situation that we're experiencing. Uh, even if you don't have anything to say, as David pointed out, you could be compassionate, right? You could at least lead with your heart rather than try to rationalize the situation, just be empathetic and be uh, heartfelt about how you respond to things. And that's what I would try and coach a person around. How heartfelt are they in their approach to things? Sure. Chuck, if I could just add to that, um, you know, when I coach my clients and I work with a lot of professionals and attorneys in, in the legal profession, as well as in financial services, and I've coached executives who are in charge of security of organizations with thousands of employees. And for me, when I coach around empathy, it's about cultivating relationships. You know, in order to express that empathy, you you want to 
know something about that other person other than their title and where they sit. And in order to do that, you have to engage. And, and leaders model the behavior they expect of others. Yeah. And, 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 and it's an organizational culture uh, function as well. So when, when you establish and cultivate those interpersonal relationships and get to know more about somebody, then the empathy naturally flows once you have that connection. And, and great leaders, and I've interviewed um, executives in the media business, and one in particular says, I don't just manage the work person, I manage the whole person. Yeah, and I think that's- And I get to- Yeah, that's so critical, ahead, you know, that's so critical, David, you know, as, as, as executive coaches, uh, we know we experience a lot when we go into a we go into a, an organization, and the organization is just interested in 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 Sally or Harry becoming better better managers, better leaders, better this, and and we really need to look at the fact that Sally and Harry are people. You know, as coaches, we want them to become better people because if they're better people, then they'll be better leaders and better managers. And to the point of emotional intelligence and compassion and, and empathy, it's all about the person, not their role. And, and, and just one other important point on that. When, when you have that established personal relationship, it's more likely that your members of your team are going to confide in you when they're struggling. Right. And, and you want to know it earlier before there's a more severe crisis down the road. And quite often, it's the personal issues that derail people professionally, right. whether it's depression or substance abuse or an illness or a, having to take care of, of a sick relative or child care issues. So they're, it's, they're all intertwined. Yeah. Be, yeah. Well, that, yeah, no, be, be, that actually, um, I'm sorry, Pat. No, I, I just wanted to say, be, uh, being able to have a continuous relationship um, is is a struggle for leaders. You know, it's it's lonely at the top, they say, in, in leadership. Sometimes I think that's just an excuse for leaders to say, I like to sit behind my closed door and stay lonely. Um, but that's difficult even in the non-COVID world. You know, now we have pre-COVID and post-COVID. Um, but during this COVID crisis, maintaining the relationship and maintaining that continuous connection the 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 degree of difficulty has become even uh, even more right because we're not seeing people all the time even if we were empathetic and even if we were very clued into the responsibility to develop relationships when we saw people every day when we were in their offices every day or on the floor every day at least we had the ability to do that and if we weren't doing it well then shame on us but but people were there we saw them we greeted them hopefully we we shared lunch with them. We shared a coffee with them. Now, of course, we're not there with people, at least not for the, for the, for the foreseeable future. So that's where this COVID issue becomes even more of a, a challenge for people who are not yet at that point with emotional intelligence where they should be, whether it be empathy or compassion or, or connectivity, as, as David points out. Sure. Um, and so... I want to go back to a little bit about um, what David was just speaking about, because I, I that, that relationship, I also feel like, and, and Pat sort of touches on what you're, what you're talking about. And I think so vulnerability um, is for me and to me, something that I feel is, is cornerstone to good leadership. And I have in, in recent weeks, Pat, you know, you've seen me 
show a little vulnerability when I'm doing my LinkedIn videos. I bring my son in and, and, okay. I, and I've been getting incredible engagement because of my vulnerability. Um, and, and I'll tie this into in a second, you know, how, what this means in our current situation, but just in general, even if you, I, I think there's a, a concern that it, is it really a good idea for leaders to be vulnerable uh, that we know that there are some leaders who will never um, expose vulnerability or um, so how, how do you talk to either one of you guys, maybe, you know, lend some um, discussion to that, if you will. Yeah, I think vulnerability, key to vulnerability, Chuck, in, in my mind is courage. Uh, an individual has to have courage. Um, if you're not a courageous person, um, if you're constantly fearing, if you're constantly looking over your shoulder, uh, if you if you're constant, if you constantly constantly feel as if um, showing any kind of emotion is going to be a weakness in you, then vulnerability is going to be a tough thing for you to show. Right. Um, yet we know and, and we can talk about millions of studies and millions of books have been written on this in order to have a, a, an open culture. A, a, a culture where people feel safe. You need to have vulnerable leaders. You need leaders, and we haven't seen too much of that in the COVID crisis, uh, who are willing to say, heck, I just don't know. I just don't have an answer <laughs> to this. Uh, yeah. But bear with me because I feel your pain, truly feel it, and, and I'm living it. So just help me work through this. I don't know any executive who's ever said that, at least none that I've worked for. I just don't have an answer yeah. to this. Can you help me get through it? It takes courage to do that. And it's tough to coach or at least educate around courage. It's a very personal thing. It's people feeling comfortable in their own skin. Sure. So David, I'm, I'm coach. I've been coached by you. So I am an em empathetic and vulnerable leader. Now I have to do this over zoom. What kind of ideas do you have for me? I think we might have technical difficulty. Well, there goes it to your Zoom point. <laughs> it sounds like we. <laughs> I, I can I can hopefully address that for you um, when David is trying to lock back in. David, you know we've talked. David, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. David, are you there? Well, you know we. Yeah, How about you, Pat? A lot about you know about the the added degree of difficulty, whether it's emotional intelligence or whether it's just um, uh, supervision, basic supervision, or or operational excellence uh, in the Zoom world. Um, you know, going from your audience being live, in person, in in a big, big open area, to really performing on a television set. <laughs> Uh, is 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 a, is a is a skill that you know many actors have to go through too, right? A, an actor who, on a stage is different from an actor on TV. She has to she has to address things differently. She has to express things differently. She has to present herself differently. And and I think when we are using or we are attempting to use all these skills of emotional intelligence and connectivity and vulnerability and empathy, we have to address it. In, in almost as if we were, almost as if we were taking a a, 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 cinemat a cinematography course on a small screen, and how do you portray a, a, a large 
event on a small screen and be able to convey the closeness and the connectivity and the emotions and then be aware of it coming back. So, uh, yeah, Pat, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we, uh, I'm having trouble hearing hey, you, Pat. Chuck, do you hear me? I, I okay, do. Now I can I'm hear back. David. So, um, it, it, Chuck, if I could just address one, one thing when we talked about vulnerability. And for me, it's about feedback, asking for feedback to how you are showing up and how you're perceived as a leader. And um, there, okay. there's a, a widely used um, business leadership tool called the, the Leadership Challenge. And uh, they have an assessment of 30 leadership behaviors and over 3 million people have taken the assessment. And the one behavior that's in the least frequent in over 90% of the people who take the assessment is asking for feedback as to how my performance impacts you. And, and I think leaders need to do more of that to connect with their, their teams and organizations. And I think, um, and that makes sense. And while we were, while we were going through a technical glitch there for a minute or two, one of the questions that I had asked uh, David is if, you know, if you if you've been coached by David and and you you have empathy, you, you're, you're a vulnerable leader. How, how do I? What do I do over Zoom? Well, yeah, <laughs> how do it's, I? Um, it, it's challenging. Look, being an effective communicator in person is difficult, um, and and having that high level self awareness. Um, now taking it to a virtual environment just adds that layer of degree of difficulty. And so, again, it's about being mindful of how you are showing up. What signals are you sending? Um, there's a, a longtime UCLA professor named Albert Moravian, and he has studied and written about co communication for, for many, many years. And in his studies, he demonstrates um, that almost 90% of our communication is nonverbal. Um, it, it, it's about our appearance, our body language, our, our tone, our pitch, our volume of our voice. And it's, a, it's less than 10% of what we actually say. So um, as a leader over Zoom or anybody communicating over Zoom, you have to be present. You, you have to be looking into the camera. Um, I wouldn't be checking text messages and other devices because you know, that's a disrespectful action. And you're, you're telling the person on the other end, I really don't value what you have to say. Yep. And, and you have to try to read the body language and the expressions of the people you're talking to. And, and it's difficult, it's challenging. And, and again, in, in order to aid you, you have to seek feedback. Um, am I communicating effectively? Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, be an active listener, uh, ask questions, rephrase statements so you indicate you understand. Um, it, it does take a, an extra effort and an exertion to, to be an effective communicator in a virtual environment. Yeah, absolutely. And it also takes being able to deal with technical difficulties as, as Chuck and I just, <laughs> just experienced. And, and, and that happens, as we know, uh, it's been happening a lot for, for everyone. 
uh, with Zoom, Skype, or you name it. I don't. We certainly don't want to give Zoom a bad name, but everyone seems to be using it. But <laughs> right. being able to deal with that, you know, that that's part of emotional intelligence. Being able to deal with that, that I, those issues as they come up. Sure, and uh, a couple areas that I, I you jotted down in your notes uh, before the podcast, David, that um, kind of piqued my interest. Uh, well, actually, active listening we've covered a little bit of, but if we have time, we'll, we'll maybe go into that a little bit further. But expressing optimism, yeah. um, what's the delicate balance there, especially during the uncertainty? And maybe things are feeling a little, well, I don't know if they're feeling better now, but uh, but as far as the pandemic is concerned, maybe a little better than when we started. But, boy, it was tough to be optimistic early on. And how do you, how do, you do that without being um, – you know, uh, irrational, I yeah, guess. No, that's a, that's a great question, Chuck. And so for me, optimism is, is important because it, it provides that positivity, that hope. Um, and it's vital to bringing teams together to work for a common goal or a common cause. Um, however, that optimism needs to be based on reality. And, and tied to realistic conditions. Um, as bad as the COVID pandemic um, has impacted our community, we know at some point it's gonna end. And, and, it, and it may be six months, it may be a year, um, it may be longer, but we know at some point it's gonna end and we're working together to get to that end point, that optimism. If you say, wow, we don't know when it's ever gonna end and and we're we're, going to lose our businesses. If it's all negative energy and negative statements, then it's contagious. Okay. And, and how, however you show up, whatever emotion you're bringing to your team is contagious. And if you exude a, a positive mindset an agile mindset and, and use your team to be innovative, to come up with solutions, to persevere and get through this, um, you're doing a greater service to, to yourself, your team and your organization. Um, however, you can't just say everything's great. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a vaccine in three months. Um, you know, I, I like it if there's people who are like, oh, my life's great. It's amazing. But behind them, their house is on fire. Um, you, you know, if, if your optimism is irrational, then you lose credibility and and, you, you know, you're you're damaging the relationship with your team. Yeah. And th yeah, that makes sense. And this this is probably for both of you. If as far as active listening goes, I, I'm a leader at an organization and somebody comes to me from maybe the black ERG or, or someone, uh, you know, someone from. Uh, my company that's a, a black individual and in a either in a managerial or just a regular employee that wants to talk to me about how we as a company or an organization are responding or handling to the current uh, social crisis. Um, how, 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 do, how, do you, how important is active listening and what, what does it mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can jump in there for just a second. Active, active listening, to David's point earlier, is, is being able to understand the other person. Right. Uh, being able to understand the other person's feelings, whether it be verbal or nonverbal, uh, active listening is not going to uh, to situation situation 101 and putting out, you know, some some kind of innocuous statement that shows that you really are dedicated to whatever this situation happens to be. 
that falls that falls like a, a lead balloon on your employees, right? Or just trying to respond because it's a tick the box type of response that you're giving your you know your team. Um, you know, as I learned when I was teaching the fourth grade, kids can see through you very easily, and then I translate that to adults. Adults see through you very easily as well. Uh, if it's not empathetic, it's not heartfelt, and if it's not real to David's point earlier, then people will say, hey, this is just another tick the box type of communication. So understanding other people's <laughs> feelings and emotions and maybe not saying anything, maybe just, of course, we can't hug people anymore, but just having some kind of virtual hug uh, where people feel right. your warmth without you saying a word, you know, just saying nothing. <laughs> and not, not, I don't mean that from a corporate perspective, but just not saying so much that it becomes just meaningless. Yeah. Sure. And yeah, that, that was a great um, perspective, Pat. And how, when I coach executives around active listening, um, many find it incredibly difficult to do. It, it's actually, you're actually exerting yourself in, in your focus and your concentration. Um, you know, again, being present, uh, being attentive and not being distracted. I mean, how many times have you dealt with situations where somebody asks you a question and then while you're providing an answer, they're text messaging? Yeah. And yeah. Um, it, it's it, it tells that person, I don't value you. Uh, I don't respect you. That's the message you're sending. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, and along that, you know, as you just mentioned, active listening is, is difficult. How do you develop the skill that you want to focus on your active listening while still actually hearing so here, what Here's an saying. acronym um, that when I coach folks, I, I tell them, take this, take this acronym, stick it on the inside of every notebook you have, or put it on the top of your, of your um, desktop. It's WAIT, W-A-I-T, why am I talking? Right. Always ask yourself in any conversation, <laughs> why am I saying anything? Is it more powerful for me to yeah. just look at a person and just listen? Leaders feel that they always have to fill the void with noise. Um, and that's, I guess, people sometimes get very uncomfortable when, it's, when there's no noise and you got to fill that vacuum. Sometimes just why am I talking? Why can't I just listen a little more? and understand a little better before I phrase my next statement. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, Pat. And, and what I also encourage the, the leaders that I coach is, is again, asking for feedback. Feedback is a gift. It's, it's for the purposes of your growth and development. And ask people, what could I have done better? Mm -hmm. um, did I handle that meeting well? And when you have a high vulnerability-based trusting environment and team, and again, this is a top-down. It's what the leaders model for, for their teams and organizations. And you seek authentic, um, critical feedback. And you're encouraging people to hold you accountable. Um, for me, active listening, feedback, emotional intelligence, there's an incredible component of accountability. Yep. Being held accountable for your actions to, you know, that you are acting in accordance of the behavior you are trying to hold others to. Yep, absolutely. Well, guys, we are coming to the end of our uh, about 30, a little over 30 minutes here. And this has been outstanding. I feel like 
we may have another uh, episode in us. And I also feel like I might've gotten a little bit of free coaching here for, <laughs> for some time. I think um, I can't, I don't think we can uh, underestimate the important issues that we've discussed for leaders. Um, certainly it's all about the employees right now, whether they're returning to work, whether they're still working remotely, we're all facing certainly all kinds of stresses from being at home, especially our black colleagues are going through a special kind of um, stress right now. And um, this is all important stuff for leaders to understand. I, I hope our listeners will, will bear with a couple of technical glitches and I um, hope they'll tune in for the next episode of Chuck PTV. Uh, David Sarnoff, Pat Ferrara, thanks Thank so you, much Jeff. for joining me today. Thank you, Chuck. It was a pleasure. Okay. Okay. <laughs>